1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined by Will in studio. And today is a good day to plan your very own one-of-a-kind Mississippi trip. You can do that over at visitmississippi.org. And I spend a lot of time over on Twitter, usually just going through looking for those good headlines that I want to talk about with you guys here on good things. And I came across one from the Southern Miss account that labeled or said 21 students from USM's Dubard School for Language Disorders are getting to reunite with their local school districts in the upcoming school year with the ability to speak, read, and write. And I thought, man, this is a good thing. And as an alumni for Southern Miss, spent, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years on that campus. I had no idea that this school was a part of the university's program. So I am happy to say that I've got in the student with me today, Miss Sarah Myers. She is the director of the Children's Center for Communication and Development. She's also a speech-language pathologist. And with her, I have Missy, who is the director of the Dubard School for Language Disorders, because you two kind of work together in some ways to make these type of success stories come true. So, welcome ladies. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you. All right, Missy, I'm going to start with you, get you a little closer, okay. and then because the tweet was about your them graduating your school, going back into school give us
2: a little background about dubard school for language disorders okay thank you rebecca Um, our school has been on campus at southern miss since 1962 dr etol dubard is our founder and she studied with it with children who were deaf and, and learned a way to help them learn or help us teach them in a different manner. So she brought her skills to Southern Miss. She started with three students. We've been in a variety of um, locations around campus, but we have been in our new school. For almost 20 years, you know, how things, they used to be new, but we still call it the new school. So our children come to us in cooperation with their local school districts. All of the children have a special education ruling. And so they come to us so that we can help serve their needs in speech, language, hearing, and academic skills.
1: And is the end game sort of to reunite them back with their local school district, or is this a a public
2: school on the university's campus for them to sort of, or either or? Okay, this is, we are part of USM's campus, and we're always happy to be there, but we work as an extension of the local school districts. So we work with about 20 or 25 districts across the state, and we serve those children who we have made the determination with our districts that we would be a good place for them. So our children have a a wide range of of disabilities some of them have very significant speech disorders some of them have just flat out old language disorders some of them are on the other side of that that continuum and are more of a reading problem a more of a dyslexic type child and so our goal is to get the children as young as we can we we enroll children starting as early as about age 4 and then we keep them until they're about 12 and then we our goal is to transition them back to their school. Of course, they don't all stay that long. Some of them leave earlier than others. I was going to say in
1: 12 is what, 6th seventh, sixth, seventh sixth or 7th grade? 6th or 7th grade, yes. I'm, I'm doing the math in my head. You yes. just subtract 5 because that's when they start in, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> in kindergarten and sometimes math can get hard yeah. on air. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the other piece to this, at least on USM's campus, is is with you, Sarah. You are the Director of Children's Center for Communication and Development. So how are you different but yet similar to what they're doing at Duke?
3: barred. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca, for having me. That's a great question. So uh, the Children's Center is a nonprofit located, like you said, on USM's campus. We're actually, we have a center on the Hattiesburg campus and on Gulf Park's campus. Um, We serve the babies. So we provide um, cost-free therapy services to children ages birth to five. Um, And all of our children that we serve have complex developmental disabilities. So, yes, at five, typically, they also go back into their public school system. So how would a family find you guys there at the Children's Center? Yeah. Um, So we have some absolutely amazing, as you started off talking about our social media at Southern Miss, we have some wonderful social media um, sites. So uh, we have Instagram. Um, You can follow us on USM Children's Center C. TR um, and then on Facebook, of course, you can search the Children's Center USm to find us. And then um, obviously we um, you can find us on USM's website usm.edu backslash children's center um, and you can find all kinds of great information about us but um, as far if you're just interested in learning more um, it also has a link to our waitlist so just like to barge school we have a waitlist um, for services um, but as missy stated we always look to meet the needs of the most significant um, needs essentially in children and the youngest so typically the children's center will even um, work with a mom who got a prenatal diagnosis of a child um, that their baby may be born with down syndrome for instance Um, or we'll go to uh, the local hospital's neonatal intensive care unit and screen some of those babies and make sure that we're not seeing anything that would cause us to um, help Help get them some services to help them develop.
1: Well, waitless means you're up to good with what you're doing there at the center, but then it also brings to a lot larger conversation about the needs of a resources for families when it comes to these sort of communication and um, developmental delays that keep them from reuniting with you know their local school districts. So I'm 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 curious when you think about or what was what what are some of the more common maybe communication or maybe this would be for you, Missy, there at the Language Disorder School of Dubois what are the more common ones that you see families coming to you that maybe aren't at the top of the list because it's not necessarily that s- severe case, but that yet they're still wanting resources for their kids? Mm-hmm.
2: So we have we have our enrollment program, which does enroll. We have 80 children who come to us all day, every day, just like a, a typical public school. They come to us every day. But we also have an out-client program, which is a fee-based program. Our enrollment program is at no cost to families. We do have an out-client program. A program, which is a lot like a traditional speech therapy clinic. So individuals can come and receive services from, you know, toddlers to adults. We can see those, those individuals and provide more of a traditional twice a week or three times a week therapy model. Additionally, we also serve for, because not every child is, is, going to be well-served by what we do at the DeBoard School. So we have developed a wide range of resources that if you have a child, if we have a, a baby who is coming and has all these speech-language issues, of course, we're going to say, well, our friend's next door at the Children's Center. It would be a great resource. Or a child maybe needs some behavioral therapy. Then we have, you know, ABA services that we can recommend. We always, of course ask our students or ask our families to you know their local school district is a great resource for children who are not who we are not able to enroll for one reason or another but our school districts are a great resource their pediatricians are a good resource so we have you know in in Mississippi we have a lot of excellent resources that we can give to families who have children with disabilities and correct me if I'm
1: wrong either one of you can take uh, can take this question now having two girls my last one being only less than two years ago so it's a little more fresh but it feels like here in Mississippi we've got great I guess um, things in place that screen screeners in place. Whether it's in you know once the baby's born before it ever leaves the hospital, there's certain things that go through with screening for for disabilities or developmental maybe delays when it comes to speech. And then is it like kindergarten? I see you shaking your head, Sarah. As a speech pathologist, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know the names of the screeners, sure. but I have been told that Mississippi gets a gold star when it comes to early detection. I think it's the words I'm looking
3: for. Yeah, that's a great point, Rebecca. So, um, and one of the things, as Missy spoke to at the Children's Center um, that we do when you spoke to uh, pediatricians and those early, early screeners that we talk about we get in the hospital, like our hearing screeners, those are so vital because you need to catch these things early on. We know that brain development happens so early and that 90% of the brain is developed by age three. And that's just remarkable. So when we yeah. talk about early identification of children and their needs, um, like Missy said, we work with our um, Department of Health Early Intervention System and our Department of Education System to make sure all those checks are in place so that we can make sure the kids that have the most significant needs get to Missy and I and and we get to um, hopefully help address those needs very quickly
1: because I assume the families that are coming to you especially uh, you know to you Sarah with a baby or an infant it's it's stressful and you feel very discouraged because you know one of uh, you, one of the top things you want your kids to be healthy number one but you also want them to be able to learn grow succeed move on you know reach their highest highest dreams and there's just so many frustrations and anxieties Absolutely. for Parents with just, you know, kids that don't have anything that they're battling against to go through the school system. I can only imagine. And to have those sort of resources available to me is a good thing. We're going to continue our conversation with Miss Sarah and Miss Missy coming up next.
4: The staff at Burke Handling Systems would like to pay special tribute to our troops from Mississippi that are serving here and abroad. From Burke Handling Systems, we salute you. Have a happy 4th of July holiday from your friends at Burke Handling Systems.
1: Hi, I'm Mary Whedon. I have a seawall that's falling apart, so I'm using G3 Services to replace it. G3 Services has a long-lasting, good-looking product. Owner Derek Gentry is dependable, and I know this because he's my friend, and he will be yours as well. He also does enclosed patios, concrete walkways, outdoor kitchens, and, well, everything you desire for outdoor living. Call Derek today for an estimate. He is local, and he will call you back.
0: yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM. Super Talk Mississippi. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you know
1: you can get a Mississippi tour guide for free all you need to plan a mississippi adventure can be mailed to your home just go to visit mississippi.org to learn a little more and you can listen to good things we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm if you've taken time to download the supertalk mississippi app to your smartphone or tablet you can stream us from there at any time but we hope you know the best way to listen to the show each day is always on your local supertalk mississippi radio station which you can get anywhere across the state including the pine belt area Where our guests here on Good Things Today are joining us from, I've got Sarah Myers. She's the director of the Children's Center for Communication and Development on the USM's campus, along with Miss Missy. She's the director of the DuBard School for Language Disorders. And you guys are really doing a lot of good things for families to set kids up for success in academics and also in life. Because, Sarah, you mentioned that, you know, reading is just one of those life skills that if you don't have it, even at the bare minimum, minimum. Mm-hmm. The rest is kind of going to be an uphill battle. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. Rebecca. That's and wonderful. so,
1: um, Missy, you have actually, you've been working at the Dubard School for how long? For 24 years. For 24 years, but you have a personal story you never knew was going to, that you may have a family member that would need to be a member of the school or a student there at the that's school. That's right.
2: We have, um, I when I started at the DeBard School, I started as a classroom speech-language pathologist. I've also done professional development where we teach other people how to do what we do in the DeBard Association method. And I've always told people that for 20 years, I knew we did a good job. And then... We enrolled my granddaughter. Um, her name is Avery. When Avery was a little girl, she was talkative and happy. She she was a little snarky every now and then, but as her speech was supposed to start developing, we started hearing a lot of a lot of unintelligible things. She could say "I" for yes, and that's about it. And so as she got to be about two and three years old, she started withdrawing and she started basically stopped talking um not because she couldn't but because she knew that people couldn't understand her she was one of those children who at age three she kept her eyes closed on her whole on her birthday so she would be invisible and nobody would talk to her and so it was one of those situations where i kept saying son it's time it's time for her to come and and see us and of course people will say oh they'll outgrow it they'll outgrow it it's not a big deal and i finally had to pull that i've done Done this for a long time, so bring her over. And so we evaluated her, and she was on our waiting list for a year and a half. And so when she was four and a half, she was was enrolling with us. At that time, you could understand about maybe 15% of what she said, and she wasn't willing to talk very much. And so we kept her enrolled with us. She stayed with us for three years. At that time, her language scores soared. Her reading scores are out of this world. And this past year, she went back into her local school district on grade level and made all A's. I think she had one B this whole school year. She got an award for keyboarding, she said. Um, but she she was extremely successful in her second grade class. She's reading above grade level. Her speech is intelligible. And not only that, but we see a difference in her socially Gone is the child who kept her eyes closed on her her third birthday. Now she's she does her gymnastics. Oh, I can't talk today. Her gymnastics recitals. She goes and orders things from the concession stand by herself, and people can understand. The first time she did that, I almost cried, and my husband said. Why why are you so well, that's a I big said, deal. People understood her and she was willing, willing to, to communicate. That yeah. idea of being able to communicate effectively is so important because without that ability, so much frustration can happen. And so I was so thrilled that we were able to get her early, get her what she needed, and went back to the district and now she's receiving some therapy for her bad R but that's the only therapy she's needing that's because okay. we were able sometimes to sometimes re- R's are, yes. Hard. Yes, they they are, are. <laughs> hard but she's not needing those language services now so she only needs you know 30 minutes a week from the speech pathologist, which is so much better for her and better for the district because she doesn't need intensive services. Well, you bring we up such a
1: good way of thinking about it, Missy, that maybe somebody listening to good things that would click for them who have children who are, you know, sort of withdrawal or, you know, Hey, say that again, or what'd you say? Or, you know, speak clear or whatever it may be. And maybe, maybe there are things that need to be addressed for sure, but then maybe they're not talking because they realize they won't, you won't understand. And and it's a self-confidence. It's a self-esteem issue. And that's a completely, to me as a parent, now I want to hug that kid. Like now it shifts from... You know, maybe a little bit of frustration to, oh my gosh, like, you know, maybe you have deeper feelings about it that are going on, and us just trying to drag it out of you is, right. is, is, you know, not necessarily moving anything um, sort of forward. I think this is a great way for you to uh, segue you, Sarah, to sort of explain what a, what a speech pathologist is, because listening to your personal story with your granddaughter Avery, I'm thinking, y'all have magic wands or potion <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> is it in the food? What's at the school cafe? cafeteria that, you know, that she came in, you know, presenting with such um, self-confidence around or inability around speaking and then left with straight A's. It's like, OK, well, what is a speech pathologist doing that maybe a parent's not able to do or that a regular school district can't
3: do? What's the magic there? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that story of Avery. Um and it is it seems like magic to parents Um, and and we often say at the Children's Center um, because we work with young little ones and babies in our sessions um, it looks like play because it should look like play because that's the skill Um, you have to be able to motivate a child to want to communicate that's the key first of all Um, so speech language pathologists you know we often um, affectionately get called by our clients as peach teachers which I think is so cute (laughs) Um, but we do so much more than just work on speech um, and what's called articulation skills like Missy talked about we work on early literacy skills Um, we work on just basic communication Um, like we said not throwing your shoe across the room to ask for help but rather using um, maybe it's sign language or a picture system or a device to communicate your needs Um, and then another great part of speech um, language pathologist job is that we help Individuals who need assistance with learning how to feed themselves, how to eat, how to get off of a G tube. Um, how to breathe and speak when they have a cleft palate. Um, there's a lot that can be done in our field, and that's why you see um, so many of us across, you know, from the medical setting into the school setting and private settings. But um, one of my favorite things that we get to do at the Children's Center, um, or I get to do as a speech therapist, is I get to work with my friends who are physical and occupational therapists, uh, behavioral psychologists, all those other specialties as a big team, because we know that children need, um, children that have complex disabilities need all the services services at least at one point in their life early on and that tends to be the most effective way to make change happen right so Mm -hmm. if you can get in a team-centered therapy system that's ideal Um, one of my favorite stories from one of our uh, former uh Graduated little ones who's now in second grade. She started with us as a baby. She was born about five months early. Mm-hmm. She had, I know, a feeding tube. She was on oxygen. She had a brain bleed, um, seizure disorders, lots of vision, hearing needs. And um, she had what's called hemiparesis, which is just where one half of your body's not working as well as the other. So she had all the odds stacked against her. But she was such a little fighter, and her parents were just amazing. So we started off at the Children's Center working with her in her home teaching mom how to feed her, teaching dad how to get on the floor and play with her. Um, then she started getting older, and we said, you can come into our center and work and play with your friends in group therapy. And we started putting technology in place to help her be able to access things, um, learn how to begin to learn to read and communicate, um, move. And one of my favorite days um, f- for her was when she was five years old. Her mother, um, we got her place set up with a power wheelchair. And her mother said the first day that she was in that power wheelchair, she went home, and her and the, her dad sat on the back porch and watched their child, five years old, for the very first time, move around and explore her backyard by herself. Oh, that'll make you teary-eyed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how amazing is that? That is amazing. Well, so, you, it's small
1: it. things that we, you know, parents of... of able children sometimes take for granted you know as a, as a mom of two especially now having one who's starting to communicate and have words but she's still she's not two yet so it's not sentences you say things to yourself like I can't wait till you can just tell me what you want or "You know, do you like this or what hurts especially when they're sick and they're not at the um, able age to communicate and so you don't realize what it means for you to be able to have that kind of back and forth with the Human being, you're trying to raise, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but then trying to also teach. I think it's a good thing to uh, mention, Sarah, that not everybody will reach the level of Avery's success, right? Like for some, just being able to probably mm-hmm. wink or use the pictures but is a huge step forward for that family in terms of of you
3: know connecting but then also just being able to function yeah. that's a really great point rebecca and and we look at each individual child when we determine their needs so absolutely every child has an opportunity to succeed it's just finding out how to get there how to get there well
1: we're going to get there a little bit more with these ladies coming up next here on good things
7: I want you a
4: seabrookpaint.com weather center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to seabrookpaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 93. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 68. Your finally Friday, mostly sunny, high near 92. Friday evening, a slight chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 73. And for your Saturday, 60% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high around 84. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at nodripms.com.
3: The need for blood is constant, and sometimes that need becomes critical. From accident victims and cancer patients to premature babies and those with blood disorders. Hospital patients rely on all of us to make sure that blood is on the shelves and ready to help. And Mississippi Blood Services needs our help. Coming up on Wednesday, June 23rd, two men in a truck in Ridgeland will be hosting a blood drive from 10 to 3 p.m. For more information, visit our website and social media platforms to come and donate.
0: Ace Bolt and Screw is the only hardware store in the area now carrying around to it. Everything you need for those projects you've been saying, I'll get around to it. There's never been a better time to save on tools and hardware than during the annual open house at both locations of Ace Bolt and Screw. Wednesday, June 23rd, there'll be prizes and huge giveaways like a Honda four-wheeler valued at over five grand and a rolling DeWalt tool storage chest valued at over $1,200. Located on Julianne Street just off Gallatin and Jackson and right off 555 in Gluckstadt.
2: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Another challenger has thrown his hat into the ring for the Republican primary in Mississippi's 4th Congressional District.
0: A 20-year veteran with the Gulfport Police Department, Raymond Brooks announced that he'll make a run at the seat currently occupied by incumbent Congressman Stephen Palazzo. Brooks joins Jackson County Sheriff Mike Izzell and Carl Boyenton in the primary, and Congressman Palazzo has also signified his intent to seek re-election in 2022.
2: A 63-year-old man sustained shocking injuries when he was hit by a train in Pascagoula Wednesday night. One of his arms and both legs were severed. He's been airlifted to a hospital in Alabama. Investigators believe he was sleeping on the tracks. Mississippi Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith was absent from a bipartisan women senator's dinner hosted by Vice President Kamala Harris Tuesday. Her office says she appreciated the invitation but couldn't attend due to a previous commitment. I'm Kelly
4: Bennett.
0: He doesn't accept the narrative. He
8: questions it. We're just getting to the bottom of this. Gallo, every single morning from 6 till 9.
0: Super Talk Mississippi. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like Super Talk Mississippi News on air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. Your news all the time on air and online at supertalk.fm. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
1: Mississippi has so many good places for you and your family to eat, stay, and play. Take some time today to go to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. Now, as you know, our friend JT Williamson is undergoing treatments for cancer. So, because there is a severe shortage of blood platelets across Mississippi, there is a desperate need right now for people like you and me to donate blood and platelets. So, so often you guys text into the text line or call and want to know how you can help our friend JT. Well, this is how you can do it. You can go give blood. In his name. So when you go donate at, it, at a Mississippi Blood Services location, which you can find at msblood.com, then make sure you let them know that you are there for JT Williamson and his family will be able to see that you went out and donated um, in his name. So that is definitely a good thing for you to do. Another good thing for you to do is to read to your children or at least to be thinking about your children and their reading. We are continuing our conversation um, with the ladies who are joining me here have Sarah Meyer. She's a speech language pathologist and she's the director with the Center, Children's Center for Communication and Development at USM. Y'all have some long titles.
7: I know and it. then
1: Miss Missy, she's the director of the Dubard School for Language Disorders, but that's very, it, that's very important to sort of get in because I want people to understand that there are good resources out there across the state. This is obviously in the Pine Belt area. Um, and then also some of these signs or, or things to look for in their own kids or grandchildren as you mm-hmm. sort of picked up, um, Missy. So the thing of reading. I mean, that's something that we all stress and sometimes struggle with um, with our kids, and it doesn't hit us really until they get into grade school. So, how soon should parents be looking at reading? How?
2: What are some of those signs? Talk to us about that. Okay, that's a that's a great topic, and I love to talk about this. Um, when, as a speech pathologist, Sarah and I are both trained to pick up on those things. Pretty early. But I think families can start looking for those things pretty early as well. And I'm not talking about reading and saying your ABCs. But because reading is a language activity, we need to do everything we can to enhance the language in our homes. We need to look at some skills that our children may have that are necessary as pre-reading skills. Things that we see, if a child is is 3 years old and has unintelligible speech where most you know most of the people can't understand him to me that's a red flag because the speech system and the re- and the reading system are so intertwined that those children are at greater risk for not learning how to read other skills may be those children who don't understand or enjoy rhymes, those children that don't understand that Mama and Molly start with the same sound. So some of those early skills are things like, can they remember the students and their names? They, what are those kids' names in their class? Do they use some specific words? A lot of our students who come to us at Dubar School, um, 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 you know, um, 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 that thing, because they can't come up with the word truck or cat. So the, those naming skills, those rhyming skills, those just good language skills, can they answer questions? I, Almost every day I'll ask a child, good morning, how are you today? And they'll say, I'm seven. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, then I have to go to the whole thing. I did not say, how old are you? How are you? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you fine? Are you sick? And so giving, giving them a good language background in our homes is so important. Reading to your children, talking about what things are happening, you know, talk, going to the grocery store and naming things. Oh, where's some fruit? And then they pick out apples and bananas and cherries, for example. So all of those language things that we can do are so important for them to be able to have the skills that they need to transition into reading. And, Rebecca, like we were talking at the break, reading is not just the being able to know that B says B and that you decode that word bat, but knowing that if I say bat, it could mean the baseball bat that you swing and hit the ball or the animal that flies around your house at night, but that language part of it as well. Because when we get to the reading part, Not only do they have to decode what they, what those words say, they have to be able to assign language to it to have that comprehension. So a really, really elaborate system and it's kind of amazing that anybody ever learns how to read
1: it is and you just brought up I remember one hurdle in our home was hole and hole like hole with the w and then hole yes. in the ground and mm-hmm. we just it took us a minute to sort of with my, but it's once true. she got it I mean you know yeah. she, she right. ran with it but it was like but it says that's not how you spell hole but anyway so oh, yes but yes. that you know those are definitely those type of things so so Sarah if someone's listening and they're like oh gosh you know some of these red flags are what I see in my home or maybe you know what would be the next steps not everybody lives in the pine belt and can come sure. to and you all you all have waiting lists so there's there's that right. so what are those like next because I feel like you have parents who will put it off unfortunately until the school system catches it and then you have others that are sitting here they already have their pen and their paper and they're ready to write down well what can what resources what can I do now absolutely
3: yeah that's a great question and Missy brought up some great early early skills um, even in babies you know another thing I was going to add we we look at um, how to orient a book. Is it upside down? Is it right side up? What's a page? What's a cover? What's the back? You know, identifying and pointing at pictures, things like that. So essential for reading. So if you are seeing a lot of those early, um, you know, red flags, essentially, in your child, um, I would highly recommend um, speaking to your pediatrician. Um, And sometimes you have to speak a few times about it, but keep... Keep talking about it because they, you know, obviously they're they're looking at the whole child and, and whether a child's healthy, um, you know, and succeeding um, and, and being well, you know, and looking at all areas of development. So if you really have concerns, talk to your pediatrician. Um, they typically can refer to either the state's um, programs, like we talked about the early intervention first steps program for those babies under three or. Um, also, uh, your local school district, yes. when your child is three, um, if you call and ask for a speech therapy evaluation, they can put you on the list to do that um, and no charge to you. And that's just one of, again, one of the great things that our school systems provide for our kiddos is they can help bring in a speech language pathologist to do that standardized assessment and determine how far off are we and how much intervention do we need. So, we yeah. got
1: an interesting, um, I guess, text on the text line. And I will say it is a pet peeve, but then I catch myself doing it, too. And this is Larry in Brookhaven who mentions we shouldn't talk to our children and baby talk. And I have two two trains of <laughs> thoughts sure. on that because, one, you just go right in. There's just something. You're just so cute Look at you. Bring me to milk. Oh, good girl. And then there's that other when you hear other people, you know, sometimes do it to the extremes. You're like, oh, my God, just talk to the kid. They're four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get that. So I, I, that's a interesting. Um, question to pose. I mean, is that right? Is that wrong? Is there too much? Is there just enough? Like from y'all's perspective, what do you see when you yeah. hear people talk to babies? Maybe not baby babies, but to children in sure. baby babies tones. Sure.
3: There is a natural um, what we call mother-ies. motherese yes. um, which is very natural and that's when like you said you just have that mommy urge to just say you were so good <laughs> <laughs> and you can't help it. And, yeah. and that's what that really is is when mom and baby are looking face to face at each other and mom has this natural beautiful sing songy tone to her voice and she talks like this and it's slow and thoughtful and it's very sweet and kind and that um, actually um, makes neurons fire in the baby's brain. So it really is important at that early age for you to talk to your baby, right? Whatever comes natural. Whatever comes natural to you. Then, um, as Missy stated, as we get older and our speech starts to develop, (laughs) we do want to um, articulate our words as best we can. Um, Like we said, some of those uh, errors are very cute. (laughs) But, (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, we do want to try to speak to them as, you know, as a small, um, almost a small adult. (laughs) Because
1: then it gets when they are 8 and 9. Especially you'll find older siblings who then get younger siblings and they hear the parents talking to the they will start to pick that up and that is i will say that's one of the most annoying things ever (laughs) is to hear like an eight-year-old trying to try
2: to talk like a baby and i'll I'll, you were eight so you know and again that age appropriateness is part of it because like sarah said when you're talking with a, a baby that is appropriate and those those that sweet calming kind of voice. But as a child starts to get older, you want to be able to provide a good, mo- a good model, both speech and language model for that child so that he is able to hear a good model and have words to say. And because as we talked earlier again in the break that it's amazing how much children learn language incidentally and so part of what how we do that is by talking to them and using appropriate words and expanding on you know if they give us a, a phrase we can expand on that mm-hmm. oh there's a ball. Oh yeah, that's a big blue ball, and just those little things that don't seem like they're very significant, but done over time, give good language models to our to our children, so that they are able to integrate and use that language. I wonder what it's like. I mean, obviously, we were all there at one
1: point. If we can talk now, but to be that little one-year-old or eighteen-month-old that's that's hearing what you're saying, like you want milk, you want more, because you're trying to start to reinforce what it is, so you can get them Mm -hmm. to communicate. And in their brains, Mm -hmm. they have to be like trying to mush it together to sort of figure Mm -hmm. out how to how to bring it. how How to? It would be neat to know what you know, but then be able to understand how they're trying to how to do it absolutely and i know and we got a little bit longer coming up next i want to dive into the world of dyslexia because i know that affects many um parents listening to good things so that more coming up next
8: Glass, Plexiglass, commercial storefronts and doors, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass—they'll come out, and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass open Monday through Friday, eight to five, and on Saturday, eight to noon. Hey, there's two locations too in Ridgeland at six sixty Highway fifty one North and Brandon at two zero nine Woodgate Drive South and Cross Check them out on the web at www.venableglass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services 601-605-4443.
7: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. From trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Calloway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture. With all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving, a farmer's market is open full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey. And the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gladstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway south of Germantown High. Callaway's
0: is, Callaway's is everything for home
4: and garden
9: this is the closing agri-market report at the close of new york cotton exchange december cotton was down 189 to 8406 march cotton was down 192 to 8394 close of the chicago board of Trade July soybeans were down 118 and three quarters to 1329 and three quarters per bushel august soybeans were down 107 to 1295 per bushel July corn was down 40 cents to 633 per bushel. September corn was down 40 cents to 548 and a half per bushel. At the mercantile, August live cattle were down 382 to 121.10. October live cattle was down 340 to 126.57. August feeders down 30 to 157.40. September feeders down 70 to 159.10. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is down 222 points, 33,797. I'm Dixon Williams and it's a Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
8: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you. But not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org.
0: Cotton isn't a crop, it's a calling. That's why you battle resistant weeds with guts and determination. BASF helps you win with the most effective in-season weed control program on the market. The powerhouse trio of Ingenia, Liberty, and Outlook are best-in-class post-herbicides, each with a different mode of action so weeds don't stand a chance. Protect your calling at CottonWeedControl.com. Ingenia, Liberty, and Outlook herbicides, made for this. Ingenia herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label directions.
8: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Rebecca Turner.
2: She's smart and pretty.
0: Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: on planning your Mississippi getaway. Head on over to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. We're going to dive in a little bit more with our ladies in studio. I wanted to make sure that I gave them plenty of time to talk about one major topic, which is dys- dyslexia. There is no doubt in my mind that someone listening to Good Things has a student or themselves have struggled with dyslexia or maybe they didn't even get um, diagnosed. Um, and now just you know, decades later as research and all the tools are available, they're like, oh, that was me um, because Jeff and Oxford also text in and said it seems like there are more speech problems in young children now than maybe there were you know decades ago is that true or is it just that the screening and all of
2: that's gotten better to help these children whichever can yeah. take it that's okay. a great question i, Go ahead I think that's a i think our screening is better because these are not new problems i remember being in school and people you know that child was lazy or bad and we know now that he would have he had dyslexia or he was ADHD and so our diagnoses are better our screeners are better but when you're talking with about dyslexia again that's another another subject that I'm I'm happy to talk about because dyslexia is such a such a language-based issue that it's important for us to know that we have to start with language. So again, those things we've talked about today, all those early skills and how you talk to your children, that's all important. But it is important for us to know that children who have those early language issues, children who have those early speech issues are Having, are, are more likely to have a diagnosis of dyslexia or dyslexia with some additional problems. Oftentimes, I think about 50 or 60 percent of our children with dyslexia have other things going on. So it's not a, a, you know, in one little box issue but we do know that in mississippi we have we've come a long way we have dyslexia screeners we have services in our state we have dyslexia therapists and so what we do with these children with dyslexia is we teach them in a little bit of a different way i always think about it as we don't assume anything we don't assume that if we have all these words that start with sh that they're going to you know understand that sh says sh they, we have to directly teach these things. We use all of those avenues of learning that we have. We see it, we listen to it, we write it, we move our mouths for it, and so that we're able to get that information in while we're addressing the language component. So a, a, an important part of, of What we do in schools with dyslexia is dyslexia therapy or training of our teachers to deal with these children who have reading difficulties. That is one thing that we do at at the DeBard School is we do serve um, as a resource for training in multisensory structured language education. That's a that's a big, that's a, that's a, that's not a big word. That's a big word. But that's the way that's we call it kind of call it structured literacy to teach children who have who have reading difficulties. But we also work in the dyslexia therapy program um, for students who are getting their master's degree to be dyslexia therapists in our school. So it is such an important issue. And, uh, you know, research tells us that up to 20% of our population has a diagnosis of dyslexia. I've always wondered, um, and this is probably a loaded question, Missy or Sarah, but having
1: several friends who have who have children who are dyslexic, who really struggle learning in the traditional, quote-unquote, way, mm-hmm. and then finding that there are other alternative ways to teaching language to them, would not all children just benefit from being taught the dyslexic way, I mean, if it if it all gets with all roads lead home, mm-hmm. but I'm also the one that wants to shoot down Common Core, so <laughs> I don't know
2: if I'm setting myself so, up for for, for, yeah. for
1: for being you know uh, double minded here, but but it just feels like why then why don't we just teach
2: that way that way if 20 percent of our students are dyslexic and that's a, that's a great point because what we do for those students who have reading difficulties is not going to hurt those children who are, are just that's our right. typical Gen Ed um, my. My youngest daughter, when she was in kindergarten, she was in a classroom in general education that did a modified version of DeBart Association method and she learned how to read so quickly because she doesn't have any language problems. And it was, it was just so cool to watch her as a typical language learner being able to use that and also having her teacher being able to identify those children very early who were going to be at risk I think that's a great idea is Mm -hmm. putting a structured literacy or that sometimes you'll hear it referred to as the science of reading put those reading models into our gen ed population our gen ed schools then we would help Help get those kids before they had that dyslexia diagnosis and maybe alleviate some of those ones who have more mild problems.
1: Well, the one thing I've taken away from our conversation today, ladies, is that, you know, if you have a reading struggle, it's not a death sentence for your children, no. right, or even a speech problem, but that early detection, as early as you possibly can, is what families should just be, even if you're just now having your children or your grandchildren, just be aware, be observant, and mm-hmm. then speak up and say something because if nothing's wrong and they get screened, then nothing's wrong that's and they right. get screened but then you may uh, be right. able to get them on the waiting list that's for, right for, for you <laughs> yeah. ladies so real quick if we want to learn more information about your two schools where do we
2: find it on the USM website USM Absolutely. website um, both for the Children's Center and yeah. the Debard school the USM website uh, both of our um, websites our are part of part of that that website. We
1: well, y'all keep doing good for children and their academic success, and thank you for your thank time you. today. Thank you for having but us. But you all stick with us. You got plenty more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6, but Rhino, I think, will be back with me tomorrow at 2, but until then, take time for the good things.
2: things you.